0: This time on Montreal Sauce. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, we should be. Li- yep, we got levels. We're live.
0: Wow, crazy. Boom. Live to lots of people. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Since I never tweeted about this or anything, um, yeah. Uh, welcome to a sauce packet. I don't even know how to say that. <laughs> sauce <Okay>. packet. <laughs> I know. It was a mix of seductive and psycho killer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought um, it's been a while since we did a Montreal sauce. Hello, my name is Chris, and this is Paul. Hello. <laughs> 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 Please to do not
1: indict me. Oh, sorry. Topical. Boom. Yep.
0: Uh, uh, yeah, so I thought uh, we should do a little sauce packet. We're here. We're still making shows. We're doing film frown. I think we're back. What next week? We'll already? be back
1: next week with another film frown. And I'm not. That sounds like I'm closing the show. That. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll be back next week with another film frown. I don't. It's a sauce it's a, packet. That's, that's how, how short they are. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. It's a you know it's a McDonald's size sauce packet, so it's quite small. Um, so that they make you grab like fifty of them. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I don't remember what movie we have coming up next week.
0: The uh, next film uh, is, I think it's called Murderers Row. Oh, okay. And it is another spy film. We're doing this whole spy thing yep, yep. in uh, in the old um, film frown. And so this next one is uh, a spy film spoof uh, starring Dean Martin. Ooh, cool. <laughs> yeah, so I haven't uh, watched I mean, it, it might
1: be terrible. It is film frown, but that's okay.
0: Exactly.
1: Dean Martin is cool.
0: Right. So that's the next film frown. But uh, today... I thought we would just hang out for a sauce packet and talk about the first season of Star Trek Discovery.
1: Ooh, yes.
0: So, I'm just going to start out with, what, zero notes that I have. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But a conversation I've been waiting to have with Paul, and that is, I should set a timer, sauce packet and all. But uh, (laughs) the thing that got me with the... well, I'm just going to say that as a fan of Random Trek, even though I haven't listened in quite a <laughs> while, um, Scott McNulty, the host of the show, is always talking about how much he loves Deep Space Nine. And I know mm-hmm. that Paul loves Deep Space Nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And McNulty's always saying, like, uh,. It was good TV before TV now, or he just makes the comparison because so many shows these days are serial and Deep Space yeah. Nine was a serial. So if you didn't watch it yeah. from day one, you were like, what's up?
1: <laughs> yes, especially in the, especially in the later seasons, the first seasons were much more star formulaic Star Trek, kind of everything resets at the end of the episode type of uh, type of thing with a few more kind of two parters, and they did set things up that kind of get the ball rolling. But once you're into like season three, even I feel like you, there's a lot of things happening from episode to episode that have implications in the next episodes. It's not nearly what it is today, where every single every single episode of any TV show you watch starts with last time on. Um, but, uh, but it, it did get, get to that, especially the, like the last season, I think the whole second half of the final season of Deep Space Nine was just, now we're going to close all the loopholes. So, (laughs) buckle up and watch every episode.
0: Yeah. And, and so for me, I was, I mean, always gotta be Mr. Outlier, but, uh, (laughs) yeah, the, star trek discovery i was kind of bummed by the serial kind of aspect like i kind of like or especially today with so many shows like i like that episodic kind of thing in star trek you know like, yeah. I wish yeah. I wish there was some carryover, and there is. I mean, let's talk about Will's beard. But uh <laughs> that doesn't disappear every episode. But uh
1: you know every single episode of Next Generation, he starts clean shaven, he grows the beard halfway <laughs> through, and then he ends the series clean shaven again, or ends the show clean shaven again. <laughs> That would be amazing.
0: Uh it's uh Where's number one? Is he on shift? And like, no, he's in his room growing his beard. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so I, yeah, so I was bummed by that. And, but it was really interesting about discovery is like, you get to know zero of the crew until like the last two or three episodes when you feel like, oh, I know who that person is. You know, like.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I it, can, I can see that. It's, sure.
0: it's all Michael Burnham all the time. And like the whole show is through her eyes and I'm like, Oh, this is different. This is different. But then it's like the bridge crew is like getting some accommodations and you're like, I don't know your name.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if we've really truly spoiled anything at this point, but we should mention if you're sensitive to spoilers and you haven't watched discovery, maybe, this is, wasn't the best sauce packet for you to t- tune into because <laughs> there are going to be spoilers here. But one thing that I do like, uh, I it was interesting to watch the fan reactions uh, on the Internet as the episodes would come out because there were a lot of people who did not like um, – uh, why have I forgotten his name already? The captain. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, Lorca. 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 Yeah, they didn't like Captain Lorca because he was so military focused, right? It, he was he was on a like we're going to beat the Klingons. This is war. It's not Star Trek. It even though it's called Discovery, it's not about science anymore. Um and then you have kind of great characters like like uh Stamets who it is very much about the science, but it's the science is, you know, very quickly becoming a tool to become a weapon. Um, and so fans at the beginning of the series did not like it because it didn't feel like Star Trek. It was too military. It was too like it's about war, which honestly is a similar uh, criticism of Deep Space Nine by original uh, <laughs> old school Star Trek fans, uh, that there's too much military going on, that there's too much. You know, this isn't the 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 perfect world of Gene Roddenberry, where it's just about exploration and Uh, apparently telling other people's cultures how they should behave so that they can be more like America. Um, (laughs) But uh, I liked that in the last couple of episodes, uh, especially as you see, uh, again, I keep forgetting his name, the science officer who becomes the captain, the uh, man who can sense death. Yeah. uh, The Um, alien who can sense death. He he starts off the series very kind of like, he's assertive but he's also seems to be kind of unsure of himself or maybe unsure of his role and rank and he ends the series having had a lot of growth uh and on top of that he sort of becomes the inspirational captain that you see him trying to be in the earlier pieces of it um and i think even though the series is about burnham his growth is really the growth of the entire of the of this first season where you see like, no, he's going to step up and stand for Starfleet's values and uh, stand behind his teammates and stand up to the Admiral. And um, his growth is uh, and Burnham's growth as well uh, sort of mirrors that same thing of um I had a reason for doing this. Maybe I made the wrong choice, but we're gonna, um, we're gonna go forward with this together, uh, and we're gonna stand for our principles and our values and not violate that. Um, and it sort of is like, ah, see, original Star Trek fans, we, actually, that's the direction we were going, but we needed to set the stakes to make it important.
0: Uh, see, I, uh, I I uh, I'm in a Kanye there like, uh, <laughs> Saru Saru had a great season, but I think the character with the most growth for me was probably Tilly. Like it was amazing.
1: Yeah, Tilly but,
0: was great. Like she starts out as this like gibbering girl who can't stop, <laughs> and then like not only does she like uh, step up when she sees people are in trouble, but then like also like towards the end like when she's like still being a little bit Tilly, like she takes control of the situation and just like, get this off of me. Give me a gun. Yeah. Like, it's pretty yeah. good. Yeah.
1: I, and I feel like the unifying thing with all these characters is that Burnham, uh, Burnham's presence, like brings out the best in all of them in yeah. some way. Right. Like her presence is what make gives Saru the confidence to like turn into the captain that he is at the end. And, uh, her being, Tilly's roommate gives Tilly like this new drive to go in a different direction. Maybe I'm going to go down the command track instead of, uh, you know, being happy, being a crewman level uh, science officer Um, and her interactions with, with Stamets as well. I mean, Stamets is kind of a, uh, a very science focused hard ass in the first couple of episodes. And, Partially because he gets, uh, you know, the exposure to the spores, but also I think because he sort of sees how the crew starts connecting with each other. Um, He has a big uh, arc as well.
0: Yeah, I agree. Like in the beginning, he was almost like one dimensional, but he was still fun to watch. And then (laughs)
1: he was very fun to watch
0: after a while. Yeah. And especially when they brought in his relationship was just like, which was really painful. Like, but uh, Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah yeah that was really um again a a very different choice for star trek that a character who is clearly a main character through several episodes Mm -hmm. um actually dies (laughs) and isn't just immediately brought back in some in some feat of science right
0: (laughs) you could argue he is the one person who would be doing the feat of science
1: (laughs) right right he's the he is the person who would who would get into that right
0: and i And I've listened to way too much random trek, even though I said I haven't in a long time to- <laughs> to kind of wonder what Scott is gonna say about this show because he he always likes to pick apart like some of the things going on about security and things like that and <laughs> and I just love like in this show how it's just like uh. Hey, uh, go get that specialist person, the one that was kicked out of Starfleet, and ask her how to do this. You know, like,
1: right. Burnham right. has
0: such a role on the ship. It's like hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, something that, uh, I thought was kind of fun to watch was like her just like jumping in anywhere she could. Like, it, it's, it's also yeah. Uh, yeah. As, as a security thing, it's like, wait, what's going on? But as a, um, as a real life thing, that's that's something we do as people, right? Like we really are desperate to if we feel some guilt or shame, make it up. So Right. Right. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't I don't know that I thought Saru had much I mean I can see like when you pointed it out, I see where you're coming from. I just often felt like um you had this dynamic between like Lorca and Stamens. Um mm-hmm. And Burnham, like maybe coming to head, maybe not. And like I felt like every time Saru came into the picture, he was like exposition, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, he was acting as captain for a very long time, so like, yeah, he got to make some final decisions. But I always just thought it was interesting. Like everyone's working on a problem, and he's like, yeah, he's very like Picard, I guess, in that way. Where like, yeah, yeah, he's like fix it.
1: Right. Yeah. And I remember, um, I mean, the thing that sticks out in my mind is the first time he is acting captain because uh, Lorca has been captured, right? Lorca has been captured by the Klingons. And so Saru has to be acting captain for a little bit. And And you see him alone in his quarters at some point, And he's like asking the computer about what great captains do and what their (laughs) achievements are and things like that. He's like, it's my job to be the best captain in the world now. And he doesn't make the best decisions at first. And he kind of has to like backtrack on that a little bit and start trusting his crew in, in different ways. Uh, And then he learns that once he's doing that, uh, he gets a lot better performance out of them and he gets the result that he's hoping for. Um, So there's, you know it's you're kind of connecting things but you've only got 14 episodes here to to tell all of these characters stories and and like you say it is all told through the lens of burnham um i was going to ask you do you have a favorite uh episode from this
0: first initial season of discovery oh that's tough i mean it was so dark but uh <laughs> I, I mean some of those ones at the end were pretty good I mean because Michelle Yao is like amazing and yeah. uh, so I really liked that dynamic a lot um yeah I think I think that and like the spore drive stuff where like they're still trying to figure it out um, mm-hmm. I think those were like some interesting episodes where where stamins is kind of learning more about the field and everything so.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh I think my favorite as a and this is one where it is almost entirely a standalone episode in a sense, is uh the Harry Mudd uh time loop episode. Which <laughs> I just thought was a ton of fun. It was a very f I to me it was a very fun
0: episode that's right i forgot about that one and got so caught up in the a plot that the b plot stuff yeah that was that was fun like the time loop thing yeah yeah i yeah that is a very good episode because like when they first brought him on i was like oh like i know mud and Right. You're no yeah. mud, sir. Like, you know, like, <laughs> and so when he showed yeah. up again, I was like, are we just doing oh, this boy. because yeah. we got an actor? Is who... it fan
1: service? Yeah. yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. And then it turned out to be quite fun. Yeah. Yeah. When he,
1: uh, that first time he walks out of the mouth of the space whale and you're like, uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> And you don't know it's him at first either, right? Like he gets all the way to the, um, he gets all the way to the turbo lift and then he takes his mask off and introduces himself and then everything blows up. And that's the first sequence of the loop is like, okay, this is going to be an interesting episode.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I still get confused. Like my brain like starts hurting, uh, as like a fan, (laughs) of Star Trek to like know what the hell is happening, you know, because like, Mm -hmm. I'm like, hold on a second. Did you just say like a hundred years ago, captain Jonathan Archer was here. So you're acknowledging the enterprise show because I'm really confused now. Like this isn't how the Klingons looked in that show. Like, you know,
1: that I think that is the, that's the thing that I don't, like about it and that is really the and maybe that's the only major piece of like art direction slash um, episode direction that I don't really like is that they decided that Klingons need to look totally different uh, again Um, and on top of that um, like there's lots and lots of Klingon talking um, that Mm -hmm. takes a long time <laughs> like it just takes a lot of screen time for for klingons to get through their sentences. So, um and I feel like that's not necessary. Like okay, we can uh, we can infer that they're speaking klingon. Uh, you know, it it worked fine for Christopher Lloyd in Star Trek 3. <laughs> you know, make him say a couple things and then after that it's English. It's fine. So,
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And I, and I do wonder if they're like, well, we're kind of trying to connect the look of Klingons in the Next Generation era with, with the look of Klingons in the original series era, so we're not going to give them the full-on ridged look. We're going to kind of make them look more human-y the way that they look in the original series, but I I don't know. That's I feel like I have to go through a lot of head canonization in order to make that work. And it doesn't feel very good to me. It doesn't feel very connected. And yet, like you say, like they're bringing in Canon from enterprise. They're bringing in Canon from, uh, from the original series. This is very much meant to be like prime universe, star Trek, not star Trek, the JJ Abrams universe, star Trek. So, um, it's, uh, a little weird to see it. And I and I do wonder given the I not really cliffhanger but kind of cliffhanger with the uh, distress call with the Enterprise at the end of this last one. I'm like, okay, what direction are they going to go if we see the bridge of the Enterprise in the first episode of season 2, is it going to be the original series Enterprise like they did in Deep Space 9 again? Uh, keep referencing Deep Space Nine. Uh, like they did in the Tribbles episode of Deep Space Nine. Or is it going to be uh, the J.J. Abrams Enterprise? Is it going to be, we're just going to make something up Enterprise? <laughs> is, yeah, it's some refit that we never saw previously, I guess, maybe.
0: Well, and I was worried that they were going to do the trope of so many like shows with cliffhangers where it's just like, we are going to throw you the biggest curveball at the end of the season. And then when the next season begins, like enterprise is going to be like, Hey, just wanted to thank you for all your hard work. Bye guys. <laughs> right. You right. know, like so many shows have done that. Like really like, yeah. Da, yeah. Yeah. I like, <laughs> I like your use of head because I was trying to come up with like thinking, Oh, we should have a word for something that occurs a lot in, This show and other shows, and then I lost that train of thought as I was being an active listener and listening to you. So I'm like, (laughs) what did I want a word for? I guess I'll remember later.
1: Yeah, yeah. Head head canon is defined as like the stuff that you make up to fill in the gaps so
0: that you don't have to acknowledge the plot holes. Right.
1: I think that's essentially what it is.
0: (laughs) Right. No, I was just, I feel like there was like some kind of thing that they do a uh, numerous times in this uh, show with uh, Burnham in particular, I felt like it was like mm. it kept coming up and I was like, what, what's going on here? But, uh, Oh yeah. Well. Yeah. I can't think, I'll think of it later. But yeah. Um, I know that, uh, there was a lot of controversy and when the, like they, I think they what hired like a producer or a director and they had one idea and, um, the network was like, "Nope, we don't want to do that," and so <laughs> they f- they got rid of him, or he quit, and so I remember just hearing all this, like, "Oh, they're, yeah, yeah, they're doing reshoots, they're going back, and things are shaky, so it's not going to be great." Like, I wondered, like, if we like, if that's like a new marketing scheme, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, because I didn't think it was like that bad of a first season. It's very dark, but it wasn't that bad.
1: It is very dark. It's definitely the darkest Timeline. Star Trek I think we've seen so far, um, just as a series. And They tried to go there a little bit with Enterprise in a couple places. They certainly uh, had some dark episodes on uh, Deep Space Nine, um, specifically the episode where uh, uh, Sisko decides he's going to try to bring the Romulans into the war. That's I won't spoil anything for that one, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, except to say that that is dark <laughs> the direction he goes to do that is dark so um
0: and and uh i think i'm not one of these people uh i i'm i'm uh i i would rank it somewhat higher than most but i think there are a lot of people who would consider all of voyager pretty dark because <laughs> yeah. nobody seems yeah. to like it <laughs> but uh i don't mind yeah. it. yeah
1: yeah, I uh I like Voyager. Um it's not it's not my favorite of the series, but uh I have seen it all more than once. I right. do like watching it. Uh if it if it happens to be on BBC America where they seem to show long vast stretches of Star Trek reruns, uh I don't turn it off. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. It's got good characters too. I think. I think um, this. I think Discovery has a lot more character growth um, yes. than almost any of the other series, honestly.
0: And, and that's what you get when you do more of a serial type show—is you get that growth rather than the yep. episodic thing. So, yeah, for sure. Yep. Yeah, these people have seen some stuff, man. Yeah. Yeah. Tilly's
1: asking herself why she joined Starfleet at this point. She's like, (laughs) you know, which is not a conversation anybody in the next generation ever has. (laughs) Like, do you ever question why you're in Starfleet? No, I don't question why I'm in Starfleet. I'm in Starfleet. I'm the chief engineer of a starship, whatever.
0: (laughs) Now we're talking red shirts. Yeah, right, right. That's (laughs) those are the only people who question why they're in
1: Starfleet are the red shirts and they die before they answer the question. So that's how how it works, I guess.
0: Right. I think that's what I was thinking. Eventually, we're going to need like a buzzword for discussions because Hollywood and in general, because uh, everyone wants to make money. That's the goal. We're doing all (laughs) sorts of reboots. And yeah. so when yeah. you have these reboots and when you're trying to squeeze things in to canon, you end up yeah. with these things like the spore drive. Well, this is weird because I've watched all the Star Treks and they've never, ever used it again. And then, oh, right. <laughs> right. Here's your spoiler at the end of the first season. They're like, so are we <laughs> using the spore drive? <laughs> oh, no, we can't because like, we don't want to use humans to run it anymore. So like uh, until we figure that out, we're not going to use that. Right. <laughs> right. And I'm like, uh, okay. Yeah. We're like, we're rewriting history and then quickly like redacting it. And then so erasing that it. Fits it. it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's, it's a fun little thing there. We've got
1: to, we've got to pre-retcon this stuff somehow.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, how come we've never heard that Spock had like a half sister or something? That's interesting. Like, yeah, Right. Right. But, you know, this is the difference between, like, say, a show and a universe where there's so many things happening and everyone is cool with it because you can pick and choose what you like. And having George Lucas run the universe and being like, no, that really happened. Like, I'll just remake mm-hmm. the old movies.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> cool. Yeah. Do you, are you looking forward then to season two?
1: Yeah, I am. I am. I really enjoyed this. I, I felt like, uh, the first few episodes, uh, it got off to a bit of a slow start in my mind. But, um, uh, by the time we got to the Harry mud time loop episode, I was pretty sold. And then that episode came out and I was like, okay, that's like, that's about that episode is about as Star Trek as it gets, in my opinion. (laughs) And then, uh, and then, you know, them tying together the whole, the whole season. I really enjoyed it. But I'm also interested to see what they do in season two, because I do feel like they kind of neatly closed things up quite a bit. Um, although I, I suppose season two will have to be about how, how Starfleet rebuilds <laughs> to some on some level.
0: Oh, yeah. I guess they could be kind of aggressive in that way, right? Um mm-hmm. that, that is an interesting prospect. Hm. And think of that yeah there's a lot of weird stuff too like i thought i was a little uncertain about in the mirror universe but uh, yeah 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 and i was like hmm why, why is your discovery the same but different like <laughs> that's the, <laughs> yeah that's the yeah. premise of the mirror universe but i don't think that there's a spore drive on the discovery in the mirror universe so
1: yeah yeah that's uh that is interesting yeah. And then the implication, of course, that that Lorca, who turns out for, you know, all the Lorca that we see in the series turns out to be the Mirror Universe Lorca. Spoiler. Um, and uh and the implication that when he showed up on the Baran, he basically killed everybody because they figured out that he was not their Lorca. <laughs> so he had to kill everybody and make it look like an accident so that he could Get command of a new vessel basically like that's that's definitely about as dark as it gets for star trek that's like if you imagine me in the original series mirror mirror episode if kirk instead of uh managing to get back to the um you know our kirk managing to get back to our universe if the mirror kirk just took over the enterprise and started uh or killed everybody on the enterprise and then took some other starship or something like that is a crazy twist of, uh, of how that should work. Right.
0: Yeah. I mean, that was, that was the cool part about, um, about this uh, series too, was like Lorca is this like aggressive, aggressive guy. And then, yeah. Yeah. um, you're, like, people are, like, I don't know if I like this guy. And I'm, like, wow, it's interesting. Like, so many people would, like, go Picard if they were doing a captain again. But, like, you're going yeah. Kirk. I love it.
1: <laughs> right. Right. Yeah.
0: It, and, then like, in the sense of, like, the ta- timeline of the captains, like, you have, like, archer who is just sort of like eh, what, what do you guys think I, uh, okay <laughs> yeah. we're we're not gonna stand for this we 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 tried to be not-. and then you have kirk who's just like what you want to fight let's go mm-hmm. yeah. yeah right it's just really interesting like you're here <laughs> and then you get to Lorca, and he's just like uh what do you guys think do you think we should fight him i think we should fight them <laughs> right <laughs> Oh, cool. Well, I was going to wrap it up and then we started talking captains, but uh, yeah. yeah, I yeah. think this is a good sauce packet.
1: I think so too. Awesome. I think so too. I don't know if you, uh, I don't know if you have it in you at some point in the future to talk about last Jedi as well. Cause I don't think we had an opportunity to talk about that since that came out, but
0: yeah, I haven't seen it yet. So I'll have, or to. or even watch force
1: it. awakens for that matter. I don't, I don't know that we ever even talked about either of those, the That's new, true. the new trilogy. It's would true. be worth another soft packet at some point.
0: I think that's a good idea. Yeah. Because I uh I have gone so far away from Star Wars that like the Force Awakens, like uh I was like, huh, not bad. Like yeah, sure. I just I gave up on it. So now I have nothing riding on it. So as right, a movie, right. I was like, oh, interesting. Yeah. Again. <laughs> it's a good thing to bring up right now because it's kind of the same thing. It's like they they what like shoved oh no i'm thinking rogue one where they like shoved like another movie yeah into, rogue one yeah yeah so we got to make sure that lines up with these things but not really so
1: <laughs> right <laughs> we want to have characters that you care about but they can't be that important because you never see them again
0: <laughs> yes yes Ah, uh, cool. Well, uh, thanks for you listening in your ear holes with our show, <laughs> our little sauce packet. Um, I w I like it in your ear holes. The wax is squishy and warm and comfy. Um, huh. yeah, but, uh, and, uh, hopefully I'll get this edited soon. So cool. Cool. And I swear there's like a mystery sauce packet on my hard drive that I never edited this is why <laughs> this is why Paul does the editing usually. You know. Somewhere. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening. And if you like our show, you can always find us on Patreon. Um, and if you don't, you can still find us there. It's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. Find us on the Facey pages and the Twitters if you want to talk to us and tell us that we are completely wrong and Saru and Tilly aren't the most growing characters but it's actually <laughs> um some guy in the background who like gets to say like weapons locked yeah <laughs> <laughs> so uh cool get in touch with us we would love to hear from you
1: indeed thank you for joining us yes. thank you for listening
0: boom all right if uh life gives you what potatoes make poutine wow yeah
1: good night everybody
0: or good day
1: Yes. Insert as appropriate.